Hey, this is Susan Green. Howdy, everybody. This is Colter Fleming. And welcome to the Backstage Travel Podcast. How does it feel like being, you've been married now two weeks? Almost three. Wow. Like, that's amazing. You're still married. We're beating the odds. We've already made it past a whole year, <laughs> you know? 2020 yeah, you're in 21. another year. Yeah. That is true. You, you guys get to file joint taxes. Yeah, I don't I don't know what's going to happen on that yet, but yeah, that's true. We could. You can. You <laughs> can do joint filing separate. We had to do we have to do that because of a uh because of our insurance issue for 2019. I was like, "Okay, I go we're still married." She's like, "Oh yeah, no, this is just the way to work with IRS." I'm like, "Okay." Um, so you guys are still married. Are you doing anything like super fun for her? Like, are you folding your towels nicely? And well, so I was going to say, you know, it was super fun to see you a few weeks ago on our little road trip to Arizona. Um, thank you for, for entertaining mama joy for a good two hours. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that was fun. That was awesome. I love seeing your mom and meeting Dennis. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. Mama had, um, little foot surgery yesterday so her and dennis are watching a bunch of movies this weekend oh so that's cute yeah um but uh yeah we we so we we got married we went to little funny moon in vegas which was super interesting you know my commentary on vegas right now is that uh i'm surprised how quiet and sort of not eerie is the right word but very different yeah. than I remember Vegas being, you know, um, we talked about this, uh, on the last episode, just how I felt that, you know, the casinos, you could walk through them and they, I mean, we walked through the MGM one night and we didn't see a, a soul. Um, the Bellagio you gotta was, wonder, you got to wonder what their, uh, what their money is and like what the odds are then does that increase your odds to make money or make them worse? I, I don't know. Um, but it was, I, I don't gamble. I work too hard for my money. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fascinating. But you know, then the following week we went out to Arizona and Sedona was packed. Oh, it's Arizona. People here don't care. I mean, I care, but people here don't care. Well, so so I took it a different way. I said, okay, well, Las Vegas is a destination. Sedona, you know, is more of like a, a drive town. Since people can't go abroad, maybe more people are checking out, you know, quirky towns like Sedona this year. I started watching this show that we watched season one and two on called Everest. It's on like oh, yeah. Prime. Okay. These people are so stupid. Okay, so my husband, while we're watching it, says to me, I want to go to base camp, which is like, I think 17,000 feet. And I got totally into Everest because I read John Krakauer's book, Into Thin Air. If you've never read it, it's one of the best books out there. He hit, All of his books are great. <laughs> and I'm like, these people are idiots. First of all, they have to be gone for like three months because they have to climatize. And it costs like $60,000, $70,000 outside your equipment. So... I just think it's really selfish. And then coming from an asthmatic, you're like, and I could die. Well, so, I mean, just the cold yeah. and the, you know, treacherous oh. conditions alone. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So episode two, we're on episode three. Episode two, avalanche over the ice fields. They lost two Europeans. They got buried in the crevasse. What a way to go. How awful would that be? And then they said the one guy was putting his arms up, but it was sunny out. So he was slipping. I was like, just kill me now. Oh God. Kill me now. I was like, I mean, it's totally fascinating watching it, but I'm Is like- Is this on Netflix oh. or Hulu? 
It was on Prime. Prime. And they, they have three seasons. And there's these two guys that run it. And every season they go. And these people are like, this one guy's like, oh, I'm going to climb to the top without oxygen. Woo! And I'm like, you dumbass. Like, that's yeah. all I can say. It's like, perfect. I want to go above air. And, and they go up there for like two minutes. And then they're like, woohoo. And then they go back down. And I'm like, that's so stupid. There are people that have no money and are have no food. But let's go spend like a billion dollars in one season on Everest. So I'm it's an ego trip not, for sure. I know. I'm not super fun sometimes to watch TV with because I'm very, very simple. You're like, that'll never happen. You know, <laughs> God, that seems dumb. Why would you do that? Stupid. And Dan's like, do you want to watch the show or not? I'm like, oh no, I'm totally enjoying it. He's like, I'm kind of not. <laughs> So anyhow, do you have any new show that you're watching in your free time? Um, we've been watching a bunch of 30 for 30s recently. You know, I've, I've oh, gotten, yeah, I love those. you know, I'm sure tonight will be movie night, but this week we, we've watched like a 30 for 30 every night. So we watch like Trojan War, Pony Excess, anything having to do with college football has my name all over it. Um, you have a very good wife. She's doing a very good She likes it too. She does. Uh-huh, Learning about sure. USC football and too. SMU football. That's important. We have, we have a fabulous guest today, you know, um, we do as we, as we sort of tried to think of, um, you know, more, more of what sort of theme we're going on and and what sort of direction this particular show might take. So today we're definitely going to be talking about, um, group business and destination weddings, but for the most part, we're just hoping to get to know, uh, our friend and colleague, uh, let's welcome to the show Marjorie Sherman uh, today. Marjorie, great to have you with us. Thanks yes. for joining us for our podcast. It's going to be fun hanging out with you uh, for the rest of the afternoon. So uh, come on and and come hang out with us. Just fun listening to you. And now you live in Seattle. Now, wasn't there a player for the Seahawks with the name Sherman? Yes, Richard Sherman. There we go. Yeah, He's not with them anymore. He went to the 49ers. But I think people didn't realize how smart he actually was. The guy went to Stanford, um, you know, probably had near a 4.0. And I think people sort of perceived him to be a different guy than he actually is. Um, there was something between him and Michael Crabtree when he played for the Seahawks. And there was a couple plays at the end of one game. And Crabtree was just kind of messing around with him. And so um, in the postgame interview, him and Aaron Andrews kind of got into it. But they knew each other. And people misperceived that and it sort of, you know, grew into this thing. And then people realized, oh, yeah, he's actually like a really, really bright, nice guy. Um, Anyway, that's Richard Sherman. I've always been confused with the fact that he was such a rebel rouser with the Seahawks. And he seems like the nicest guy with the 49ers. Yes. Why is that? You know, I think sometimes, sometimes sports to me is sort of like, professional wrestling, right? Like people have to pick their characters and sort of build them into um, a certain character, right? So you, you, you perceive Tom Brady to be very clean cut, you know, this and that, like people can sort of build the character they want. And maybe that's not really who the guy is or not, you know, but I, I think, you know, Seattle's defense had a reputation to uphold. And so that sort of fed into that. And San Francisco's doesn't really have that. And so now, I mean, he's, he's just always been this nice, nice guy. And so now that's, they don't have to feed that image anymore. Okay. Is this the guy, does he have long black dreads? Yeah. And he get into fights? And he was Not with really. the Seahawks I mean, he did. Yeah, a little. 
Who do they play this weekend, Marjorie? We play the Rams. Okay. That's a big game. That's a that's a division game. We do. And they're talking about Jared Goff, their quarterback playing. He just had surgery on his thumb and he's gonna play. On his throwing thumb? On his throwing thumb. That's tough. He dislocated Aww. it on our last game with them. Didn't he try to pop it back in himself and, you know, sort of didn't do it right? In the middle and, of the game. Ugh. Coulter, you know way more about sports than I realized. I did that. I did that <laughs> to my non-throwing hand. I did that during a game. Uh, I, I, I actually played quarterback, so I took a snap wrong and it popped that finger out and I popped it back in and it hasn't been the same since. <sighs> Okay, I want to go through your jobs. My question is this, did you grow up in Seattle? No, I grew up in San Jose from age five till high school. Then I went to San Diego <gasps> and I moved back east. Then I moved all over back east, Pacific Northwest. I was down in Houston for a, for a blink. Wow. I was down in Houston. I lived in Houston six months twice. Ooh. And then... I moved to the Pacific Northwest, my little Shangri-La. Then I moved to LA, then back. I never went back to San Jose until I started working for Classic 14 years ago. Wow. Not the San Jose that I remember though, growing up. Very different. Did you go to college? I did, San Diego State. Go Aztecs. Well, anything in San Diego was awesome. What did you study in college? Business administration. Oh, you're so smart. Not what I planned though. No, but that's so good. I should have done that. Kind of boring because, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to be an actress, go on Broadway. No way. Broadway. Do you sing? No. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So you wanted to be a serious actor. I wanted to be an, no, I wanted to sing. No, I grew up with all the civic light operas and all the musicals. and, And then I, I decided to study fashion merchandising. Ooh. My mother was a, a buyer for Bullock's Wilshire. And so I wanted to follow in her footsteps. I like fashion. Sure. My husband's grandmother was a buyer for Bullock's here in L- in uh, Phoenix. Nobody knew what Bullock's is. But then I took my chemistry, a chemistry class, hated it, almost flunked oh. out and said, eh, I think I'll go into business. Wow. So what were you going to do when you graduate? Um... Hmm. I don't remember because my life went different yeah. directions. Yeah. I don't know that I had a plan. What, what was your first job out of college? My first job? Well, I worked for an aerobics company. No way. And I taught aerobics. Was it Jane Fonda? Yes. Do you remember? No way. No. Was it really? No. 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 It was like that. No, yeah. there was a movie. Was it Jane Fonda? No. No, it was Barbara Streisand. So when I was in college, I watched this movie, Main Event, and they had this aerobics class. And I thought it was the coolest thing. And I was I went to play racquetball one day, and they were having this class. Oh, I remember that movie. Yes. And the class was called, it was called this company called Ginger Snaps. So... I was so excited. I started taking the class and then I ended up trying out as a instructor and I became an instructor. And then wow. this kind of got me into the travel business, oddly enough, huh. because I was teaching aerobics when I was in college and the woman, her name was Ginger Banta and she was an actress. Actually, she was in the flower drum song. It's an old musical. She met this gentleman named Chandris, a Greek 
millionaire. Nice. And his family. And they invited her to bring her staff and teach aerobics in Greece in these hotels. Oh my God. There so we go. I went to Greece. Wow. And I worked from San Diego. From San Diego to Greece. To Greece. <laughs> wow. And I worked in a hotel teaching aerobics. God, that's awesome. And you had graduated by then? No. No. <laughs> You're like, and dad, and <laughs> that's a long story. Truth be known, I didn't graduate because I was in my fourth year. We were on the island of Corfu Ooh. and we were teaching in the Corfu Dacia Hotel, Chandra's Hotel. I always go, Corfu. <laughs> I'm so bad. That's how I always <laughs> That's so cheesy. I love it. Corfu. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's like so many people that are like, they don't know how to say it. And I don't know. Yeah, anyhow, I've been in travel too long. Yes, you have. <laughs> 27 years. <laughs> Someone told me this week. She's like, how is that possible? You look 30. I'm like, you win. Where do you want to go? <laughs> I'm 37 years, but I started when I was five. Exactly. I was like, right. I was like, my daughter's 24. I had her when I was five. There you go. <laughs> So how long were you in Greece? I was in Greece for only three months. And we taught in a hotel, we taught all these crazy British and Germans who came to the hotel. And uh, we were in, we got to be in a movie. There was a movie, a James Bond movie on That's the island said. at the time. What movie was it? For Your Eyes Only. For Your oh Eyes Only. And if you, if you don't blink, you can actually see me twice. Oh! What what do you do in the movie? I was an extra, but there's okay. a scene. Do you remember the movie? Did have you ever seen it? I have. Uh, I I'm gonna look okay. it up. <laughs> yeah. Scene in the movie where they're in a restaurant. They're in an Austrian. Sounds like every John James Bond movie. <laughs> okay, so they're in a restaurant and a and a casino, but they're oh. in the restaurant scene that there's a couple that are not James Bond, but another couple who were fighting, having a fight, and they were like in the scene. They're down here. I'm up here in a, in a, at a table as part of the restaurant. I have my back to the scene and I'm sitting there and thinking, I'll be damned if I'm in a James Bond movie and I'm not seen. <laughs> and you can actually see me. I could- That's oh, so cool. Around. Did you ever see Roger Moore? I did, I played backgammon with him. He used to oh, all his breaks, he played back in. In the movie? Oh, during a break. During a break. Wow. So you come back from Greece and what do you, you said, did you say, oh, I want to go work in the travel well, industry? Well, this is, no, this was weird. This is what happened with college. So when I went to Greece, I asked for a semester off, you know, and they give you a semester off and say, you can come back. Right. And so when I came back, they wanted to send me on a cruise ship. So Chandra's had cruise ships in the Caribbean as well. So she was sending two of her um, instructors on the cruise ship. So she, when I got back from Greece, she asked if I would go on a cruise ship. And so I went back to the administration to say, I need another, uh, right. another semester off. Another semester, and they please. Said, um, they said, no, you'll have to re-register and reapply to get in to take another semester off. So I'm like- Cruise Hodel. ship. <laughs> I'd, go, I'd go on the cruise. How big was the where cruise was ship? Where was the port? Yeah. It cruised from when I was first on the ship. So I was on the ship twice. So with Ginger Snaps, it, cru it was a Greek ship, Greek 
crew and everything, but I was, the good thing is I didn't work for the crews because working for the Greek hierarchy is like not yeah. fun. No, but I was I like an independent contract. And mm. so we had regular cabins and we cruised out of San Juan. Wow. So I probably, that's where I probably visited most of the islands in the Caribbean. Is it a cruise line? There's a cruise line, Chandra's Cruise Line. So Chandra's Cruise Never heard Line became celebrity. Oh, you know the, gotcha. the crosses, they originally were um, Chandra's. Oh. So I worked on what was called the Britannus. It's an old ship. No, they didn't have any balconies. I mean, they had a right. couple of suites with bigger windows. Otherwise, they're right. portals. And a lot of inside cabins. And right. so it's an older ship. Right. And I think they sunk it eventually. I mean, they used, it for the, <laughs> they used it for the military, went down to South America. I heard they sunk it in South America somewhere. No, they, wow. They sink shit, old ships, you know. I did not know divers, that. For scuba divers and for the ecosystem. I didn't know that. Wow. Either. Freak me out. I'm never going near that. That's like Dan, my husband's dream is to go near an old wreck. And I'm like, I have nightmares about that. I'm it glad I can't be a interesting. Yeah, and dead people. Oh, no. Oh, no. They, no, 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 no. No. No, no, no. No. Nope. It didn't sink. It wasn't the Titanic. Yeah, but it's got crap all they over it. It's got darks. <laughs> so I, I watched I watched Jaws be filmed when I was a kid, and I dark water is not my game. So Marjorie, what was your day like when you're teaching on a on a cruise ship? Like you just teach for a couple hours and you just go hang out? I mean they used us for hostessing a lot. Okay. Um, we hostess, but pretty much when we when I worked for Ginger Snaps, when we when we were in port, we had time off. I had so much fun. You know, I have a little, you know, I think I remember Christmas Day in the Trinidad and Tobago. Me and wow. um I had a good friend who was a dancer, and then and then I met this guy who was from Venezuela. He was oh. a, a week. I always remember him, Mario. <laughs> I wonder what happened to Mario. Anyway. This isn't in the notes, but I, I love it. <laughs> and I didn't bring it up, so. No, yeah, but it was really cool. We were, I don't even remember, this was so long ago, but we met this guy who was a race car driver. Okay. And he drove us all over the island. He took us, you know, he just took a liking to us. We drove all over the island. He took us home. They gave us, um, I think that we had lunch with him. He had his car there, the race car. So do you think, cool. do you think that's when you sort of fell in love with the travel industry? So no, the travel industry was accidental. Okay. So I moved to New York. After you left the ships. After I left the ship. I ran an aerobics company and then the, I saw the ship was in town and I went to visit my friends and I decided, hmm, how can I get back on the ship? So they told me that I needed to get a hold of this man who was chartering the ship and his name is Fred Kasner. Now, Fred Kasner, Susan, do you know that name? I don't know if you've been in the business long okay. enough. Okay, so Fred Kasner yeah. was the owner of GoGo Tours. He was the owner. He, and, you know, I'm a 22-year-old ambitious gal. Okay, I'll get hold of this guy, the owner of this big giant company. No problem. Took me a couple of weeks, but I got a hold of him. And I said, I shared with him what I did on the ships. I understand that he um, charters them. Is there any position you have for me? 
um, upstate New York, he had a country club. So he invited me up to do an interview in the country club. And he's this funny looking Austrian Jew guy, but very, I didn't mean that. Um, yeah. Yep. That wasn't an anti-Semitic statement because I'm Jewish too. So, but he was a funny old guy, you know, dressed funny, very wealthy, but you would never know it. Nicest guy, thick Austrian accent. And we talked a little bit, the basic thing he asked, he says, do you know how to play bridge? And I'm like, you are awesome. I'm like, you're awesome. No, but my parents play bridge. I can learn. Okay. I said, I'll learn. He said, okay, join <laughs> us on the ship on this day. Mind you, to this day, I never played bridge. But, and I never had the, there was never anything on the ship. So anyway, when I went on the oh. ship, he used to run seminars at sea for travel agents. So I went on and I taught aerobics and I hosted and I hosted these seminars at sea and met all these people, all these travel agents and all these people from GoGo and connected with them. So when I got off the ship six months later, he hired me and that's how wow. I got into the travel business. And I was still young. He sent me to LA to learn the business, to work. Yep. At that time, Gogo was this little neighborhood wholesaler. They had 59 offices all over the country. Yep. I remember using them when I first started in 95. And where were you? In Arizona? Scottsdale. Yep. In Scottsdale. Okay. Because it was kind of like a classic... If you think about the service levels of classic, I ran a go-go office like in Portland, Oregon, and in Boston, Massachusetts, um, like a classic. Yeah. Vacations, you know, we're service yeah, oriented, people, people yep. to people. So, but it was very inconsistent. So I worked for them. I worked for them for 18 years doing different things. But um, when I first your, worked for them- your, I was going to say, what was your favorite job with them? Well, they used to, they used to move me around what they did because they didn't have what was called BDMs. They didn't have sales reps like we have now. Mm -hmm. They had the managers of these office and many of them were very operational oriented versus sales. Yeah. So when they had to go out and do presentations and seminars for travel agents, they froze. They didn't like doing it. Mm -hmm. So they have this young gal, Marjorie, who joins the company. And so they would send me around to do these seminars for these managers. I ran a couple of their offices. I loved running. I ran their Boston office. I managed their Boston office. It's That's like awesome. running your own business. That was fun. Yeah. And then I moved to headquarters. Where was headquarters for GoGo -Go then? Paramus, New Jersey, and eventually Ra Ramsey, New Jersey. Okay. So I was a Jersey girl for a while. Wow. There you go. Because I went to work for headquarters next after Boston. That was fun too. You were given you were given so much opportunity and a lot of responsibility in an early age. What made you decide to transition away from that company? Oh gosh, I got stolen away the first time. You did. So I worked for I worked for Tra Trafalgar for a couple of years, and which in is New a York. tour company, which is the a tour, tour company. company in New York. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Um, so I had New York, New Jersey, Virginia. I had like eight states that I covered. And we'd go and do shows all the time. That was a lot of fun as a young person traveling all up and down the East Coast. Um, and then I went back. Oh, I met a guy. That's what changed me too. This is a typical girl story. Right. You know, I'm working for Trafalgar. So I met a guy from Portland, Oregon. I'm in New Jersey. Mm. 
And I met him when I was in New Jersey and I'm like, hmm, I'm getting at that age that, you know, I think I, and, and I had visited Seattle once and I fell in love with it. It was the most beautiful place I've ever seen. So, and I went in the fall, it was just amazing. So I decided to put a business plan together to move to Seattle and Portland and go to my old boss with GoGo. And um, they had a Seattle office and I knew it wasn't doing as well. So I put a business plan together. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna revamp that, train the manager and then open a Portland, Oregon office. Wow. And I want X amount of dollars. And he already knew me because he was my boss since I was younger, really young. Wow. Five, remember? Started when I was yeah, five. Absolutely. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he did it. And that's when I went to Seattle. And then the Gulf War happened. Yeah. And they were going to let me go. And I've never gotten let go from a job ever, ever. And it was a salary reason. So you go through all the, this is a weird story because, and I can say this because it never happened to me before. So what, and this is, this is the business in me and the strategy in me. It's like, I went through all the 12 steps first, you know, cried, screamed, got mad, yelled. Right. And then I called my boss 24 hours later and I said, you can't do that. You can't let me go. Um, I'll take a pay cut for now. And this is really bad. I feel bad, but it was the right thing to do. Um, you should let the manager go and I'll manage this office. We'll get back up and running and we'll all open Portland like planned. Wow. And so he called all the travel agents, a lot of our accounts in Washington at the time, this was in Seattle and called me back a half a day later and said, okay, let's do it. Again, I was put in the position though, that I had to go to the office. He called her, canceled her. She threw everything, all, all the files all over the, all over the office and then finally left. You are the unintentional ax woman, Marjorie. <laughs> Told you. It's because she learned that from the driver. My goodness. That, that, yeah, the guy oh that God. said he was a You're driver. You're out the bad stuff. I have wow. stuff. Yeah. You know, you <laughs> would be great so is if you fired her because I'm better. Thanks. I'll take less money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. hey, you know what? I was ambitious. I was young. I was ambitious. I love it. And I'll be damned if I was going to be fired from a job that I've just spent so many years doing, you know? I didn't I know this side you of right you. Now. And so, I, I mean, it's just like, this is fantastic. I'm And I'm imagining it. You were probably about my age at that time. And so you were like, like I can't imagine being like, oh, Marjorie's going to get me. You know what I mean, like. <laughs> I was kind of of her afterwards oh you, you thought were? she'd come and like key your car or we something? Had, now we had talked about letting her go so yeah. it wasn't all me yeah it wasn't all you me. can tell yourself what you want <laughs> I, so, just know that you, I, I, never, I just know that i want never you to before work that and never after that was i ever fired or let go of a job can we ask you because you just mentioned something how did you finally meet your husband yeah. Oh goodness. So I was I was on an AOL chat line. I remember that. You guys old young enough to old old enough to remember AOL. It's hard chat to believe lines? it at 27, but yes, I was on those AOL chat groups. Okay, so when AOL started, they started ha making these discs. Everything was dial up. They made these discs. Computers were these big, heavy, yeah. thick computers, and they made these discs that 
they would send you once a month, they'd send you this promotional disc for AOL so that you would get on AOL and you buy a subscription to AOL. It was so many hours or whatever, right? Exactly. But people would use these discs as coasters. They got so many. Oh, we got tons of them. So I got on an AOL chat line and the chat feature was really, it's really where, I mean, I can't even remember exactly did How you have like did you have like a handle? Did you have like a name, like Axe Woman or something? No, I had my own. <laughs> you know, maybe we had a name, but you go into these chat lines and yes. they're like they're like texting. You know, okay. you, yeah. you look at your text, it's that's what it is. But do you have a do you have a picture of the people? Like, like how did no, you know no. that this is a real they're person? They're like rooms. They're like no rooms. Pixels, no pictures. Yeah, it was like a room where you'd go and it'd be like, I remember because I went there for business, it'd be like people who like to cruise and then people who like this. And then you'd exactly. go in there. To, so you did you mean in like a travel like a text. room or like what what room no, did you go no. to? No, um uh, people who like axes. What? No, what'd you say? <laughs> men over 30. Men over men over 30? That's a young girl that's looking for a guy. So whatever, you know. So you would see their profiles. You would read their profiles. No pictures. No pictures. Just talking and then a profile. Okay. Pre-Tinder. Pre-Tinder. So no swiping. I, yeah. The, you know, if you think of um, oh gosh, did you work on Saber when you first started? Yeah. Okay, so Saber, what you know, um, Coulter, it looks like internet. You know, it's, it's got a cover, but there it used to be very DOS oriented. Yeah. No, that's the one. Yeah. That's the one I was on. Okay, so AOL was kind of kind of like that. You know, they had these. You know, you talked, chat to people. You go into a room, and there's five people, and here are all the names, and you yeah. can click on them and look at their profile. And I looked at my husband's profile and it was the stupidest thing. Well, <laughs> let me tell I was a voyeur at that time. Okay. You, so you just looked. You're just I was hanging a voyeur out. Because I had gotten into a sort of a, um, an interchange with a, a Vanderbilt actually from Michigan. What? He was really nice, but, um, and we chatted and then all of a sudden his daughter got on and was like being really mean to me. Like his father was getting really serious and he's in Michigan and I'm in Oregon. And I'm like, this is not going to happen. So anyway, so I was a voyeur at that time. And so I see this, um, this profile that said, well, I love my job, but blah, 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 blah. And it didn't say what the job was. It was kind of corny. So I just started harassing him. <laughs> what is your job? And you know, we That's went the way to win them over. That's how you win men over. Harass them. I know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> we went back and forth. And my husband's a very eloquent writer. So we ended up emailing each other, yeah. chatting. We have these email, I have like emails, a thick file of emails from that period oh. from that time going back and forth. But I, because of my situation before, I wasn't gonna get involved with this guy who was in LA. He was a policeman and I'm wow. in California, I'm in Oregon. And so we're just being pen pals. And um, there, were, I think the turning point though was he wrote me this email about his first wife and his marriage. And he had gotten, he had married a Catholic woman. He was telling me they had this long Catholic wedding and it was just, you know, he, he was 
he went to church all the time and it just got really hard on him and they just ended up splitting up. Um, so I responded and was kind of sharing with him that I'm Jewish, but I was brought up reformed Jewish. I don't know if you know that, you know, just very liberal. Yeah, um, yep. And I was explaining. So, I mean, I don't know if this resonates with you guys, but the next email said, Oy vey, wait till you read on. And there's a whole Jewish prayer. And the oh. weirdest thing of it, I mean, it was a joke, joke, but the weirdest thing of it, you would never think any of a Jewish policeman. Because Jewish people, Jewish men, you know, you always think of businessmen and, right. and you know, my mother wanted me to marry a Jewish dentist because they make a lot of they like make a lot of money, but they don't make house calls. So oh, anyway, funny. I think that connected us. And we just started emailing back and forth. So we emailed back and forth. And then I was a regional director for the whole West Coast. So I flew down to L.A., had to work with my L.A. office. You had to. Of course. You know, and I guess three months later, we moved in together, bought a condo. In L.A.? Six months later. Yeah, six months later, he proposed. I sold my house up in Oregon. And a year later, we were married. I married a cop on 10-4. Oh my God, I love it. But the funniest part was, okay, so internet was new. You know, right. an AOL chat line. I'm meeting this guy on an AOL chat line, right? My mother's in LA. So he's in LA, he's with LAPD. And he was a detective sergeant. And I'm telling my mother that I met this guy on the internet. He's a detective sergeant. Well, she went to her 50-year high school reunion, and there one of the one of her high school friends used to be a captain with LAPD. Oh. So she asks him, Do you know Scott Sherman? Oh. And he's like, No. You know, I mean, there's how many police are in LA? And then she says, He's a he's a detective sergeant. And so the captain says, There's no such thing. No way. This was a cross training program that was new. So, this so now, your mom, now your mom's like, he's lying. So my mom's like, I meet this guy on the internet and he really, there's no such thing as a He has a fake phone. job. This is a bunch of crap. Exactly. So yeah. anyway, we just decided to meet and- uh, Did you meet in San Francisco? Did you like split the difference? Or did you go to LA? No, I flew down to LA because I, as I mentioned, I was a regional director. So I covered the LA office. So I decided it was time to meet for me to visit the LA office. That's and I was decided it was time for me to spend three weeks there working with the office. <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally. Kind of worked out. Yes. Kind of worked out. That's awesome. So you started with then with Classic 14 years ago. Yeah, much later than this. So, so you went through, it looks like you went, you went GoGo, Trafalgar, Globus, and then you went to Classic. What drew you to your job now? Um, that was an accident too. <laughs> so um, we can blame it on Cheryl Breen. Oh. So Cheryl, Cheryl worked for GoGo as well for many years. She was a GoGo manager down in San Diego at the time. Mm. And we knew each other. And I... Um, was working for Globus in LA and my husband decided he wanted to retire and we were going to, the, the plan was always, I was not a Southern California girl. So the plan was always that we would move back to the Pacific Northwest when he retired. 
So um, I'm on the phone with, you know, we're owned by Expedia. So I asked Cheryl to, you know, see if there's any jobs, you know, check in with HR for me. Can you put me in touch with it? And I was on the phone with her one day after doing a presentation in LA and she's, we're talking about it. I said, did you give, you know, did you give my resume? She said, yes. And she goes, oh my God, wait a minute. We just let go of the BDM up in Seattle. Wow. You need to send your resume to Dave Fran right now. And Dave Fran, who's the head of sales right now, he was the regional director down in LA at the time. Oh. So I said, okay, I'll send it all to him. Can you call him? And then I went into the presentation. When I came out, Dave and I set up a meeting and a month later I was hired and we moved up to Seattle. Wow. My husband had retired about a year before. Did your husband work at all on the OJ? Not on the OJ. Oh. He did the riots. Wow. I was going to say Rodney King. Riots yeah. Earlier. Wow. Rodney King riots. But, That's um, a hard job. Not the, yeah. He wasn't involved with the OJ. I remember where I was. We were listening to my dad's 1955 radio at my job. And we all stood around there. I always tell the kids, I'm like, I know where I was at that time. During the riots or during OJ? During OJ, the verdict. OJ. Yeah. Yeah. I remember where I was when the verdict was read. There was three of us at my job and we stood there going, okay, it was quick. What do you think? What do you think? You know, and because when- I just remember the- The car the, chase? The TV on the, on the 405. Well, so I remember that because Dan and I just got married and this is where I lose my wife card. So we just got married and I think it had been six months. We were in our house. And so we come home, there's no internet. I mean, if there is, it's dial up. And we come home and Dan's like, did you hear? He goes, the juice. Let's turn on the TV. OJ. And I go, who's OJ? And he went, oh, I mean, you could just, oh, stab in the heart. And I was like, you mean the guy from Naked Gun? <laughs> I know, Coulter. Dan was like, oh my God, Naked Gun? He's like, literally, my husband, who's so calm, was like, you gotta be kidding me. And we just sat there and you literally everyone, like nobody moved. You just watched him and the whole bit. And it was like the whole world stopped. And it's interesting because when you watch what happens on TV now, even though we have cable news and our phones and stuff like that, it didn't feel like the world stopped as much as it did when these events happened because there was nothing else. So I remember that even with 9-11, it was like 9-11 happened and like the world stopped. I had a brand new baby, the whole world stopped, but like you didn't have anything else. Like you didn't have a phone yeah. to go on or like that's all you had was you sat around a TV watching what other people were watching. And it was like, okay, we're here. It's like, if you don't want to watch what's happened on the news this week, you don't have to watch it. You got 8,000 other things you can be doing. So can you tell, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about what your job is and what, what you're, what you're doing now. I'm the chief cook and bottle washer for <laughs> plastic groups. <laughs> no. Chief um, and bottle washer. I like that. I was brought on. I'm, I'm part of a four women, women leadership team. Yes, you are. Um, for the groups department. And we all four do different things and have, and we're all four so different that it's an amazing team. Mm -hmm. You know, we taught, we call ourselves the dream team. So um, Cheryl, you know, she has the relationships with the hotels, fights the battles and, you know, bless her soul. I wouldn't want to do it. Yes. 
Um, Jeannie runs the, the employees, the operations. Um, so what I am is more the feet on the streets. I'm, um, as a national group sales manager, I have two jobs. I work with the travel advisors, training, mentoring, collaborating. I do a lot of onboarding new agents. Um, and I love that because I love to teach that, you know, to bring them into the travel business, to teach them about it. And to, you know, and especially now because there's, and you should look for this, Susan, because there's a lot of entrepreneurial women out there and some men <laughs> who, who come from other businesses yeah. who are amazing travel advisors because they're business people. I agree. And I was talking to a woman the other day, she's brand new, and it's hard for our team sometimes to talk to someone who's brand new because they don't understand what the travel lingo, there's travel lingo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I got on with the phone and learned about her and she's a contractor and, you know, and she designs homes and, you know, she, she works with vendors and I'm like, this is amazing transition to this business. Right. And we were able to talk about it. And it's kind of cool because as I mentioned, I've watched the evolution of the travel advisor. Yep. So don't just look for people who necessarily know the business because you can sell them the business. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you. So, so that's what I do. I kind of tell people like that <laughs> what they should do. Yep. I do a lot of the training. Um, I'm very hands-on with our team as well as with the SAMs. Um, as culture knows, I created a program this past year called Subject Matter Experts because I wanted to make the SAMs out in the field experts in different areas of groups. So now I have, you know, four SAMs that are an expert in this aspect of groups, four SAMs that are in, and for those of you out there, SAMs are strategic account managers. That's what culture is. And like culture is one of my subject matter experts for building the custom group websites. So because, especially the custom group websites, because I was the only one that was doing it for the past two years. So now I have four subject matter experts that I can send an agent to, to help them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're just support the team, the sales team, the agents doing groups, mentoring, training. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think while you're, you're in the groups area and that's, you know, clearly you're the subject matter expert in that. I think your role, and I think really what, what sounds like what you've always been good at is training. I mean, you're a coach naturally. Yeah, I agree. I've done a lot of management and I like the coaching aspect and the motivating aspect right. without the responsibility of direct, direct reports. That's the hardest part of managing. Yes. And I admire the heck out of Jeannie because she manages the team and does it so well. That's that's tough. That's awesome. Because you end up working for your team. I mean, you know, yeah. they report to you, but you end up yeah. kind of working for them. Um, We've got a good team, so it makes it it makes it easier. Oh, definitely. Marjorie, we gotta we gotta have you back on so we can go into some other your your other I stories know. and ex I want to explore a little deeper into some of these um, ventures and little side trips and moving. Tell my travel story. Oh, I, I want to hear about your time in Houston. Totally, I love that. I love that. You've oh, been a, fun, a totally fun guest. I hope you've had fun. I have had fun. Oh, nice talking to you.
I appreciate you guys listening. And is there- check us out. Our, our social media is uh, coming up strong. Thanks, Kenzie. Yep, Kenzie's doing um, good appreciate stuff. the um, the shout out to uh, my my <laughs> this week. That was awesome. Thank you. I bought him. Uh, I know she's not here today, so she can't defend herself. But um, I yeah, think, check us yeah. out. What's what's the handle? Is it at Backstage Travel Podcast, Susan? It is. Okay. You know, I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to interview uh, Miss Marjorie Sherman, my friend, our colleague, you know, somebody who we've really gotten to know, especially during the last year um, through COVID, you know, a lot of virtually she is had such an amazing career and it was really fun just getting to know the person that she is. Um, so I look forward to hearing what everybody thinks about this episode and interview with uh, with Miss Marjorie. I totally agree. I think what blew me away was besides the fact that obviously she's in a James Bond movie, which I still have to watch so I can go point. Yeah, that's pretty rad. I know that's so rad. Is that all the things that she's done, like the fearlessness of her and she got up and she's like, okay, I want to go do this. Okay. I want to go do this. She's still that person. That's why I'm totally drawn to her, but just having this fun attitude of like travel the world, do anything, get on a boat, go here, do that. I thought it was amazing. She could possibly be on like five of our podcasts because she's just done so much. Well, and what was so interesting about getting to know her more in this way was that she's so independent. She did all of these things just kind of on a whim, moved back and forth. And yet in the end, she's also telling us this great love story about meeting her husband. It was amazing. So I'm really looking forward to uh, bringing on my buddy, my good friend from TCU, Dave Schulwitz. Dave, um, you know, lived in Hawaii, uh, grew up in Michigan, huge uh, Lions fan, um, Bears. was in the, uh, oh yeah, yeah, here I am with my uh, NFC uh, North friends. Um, he uh, was in the Air Force, um, has been an entrepreneur in real estate, lived all over the world, and most pertinent to this podcast, um, he has a goal of visiting every country in the world. And I think according Amazing. to his bio, he's like, 40 countries into that. So looking forward to chatting with Dave and just catching up. I love that. I love that people want to do that. And there's, I think we said like there, we had talked about this earlier, like there's 170 something countries out there, depending on the day of the week. So I think that's an incredible, um, an incredible idea. I can't wait to meet him. I can't wait to hear more about it. I think that's awesome at, especially at his age. I know that sounds funny, but at his age to want to do something like that and to not be like, Oh, I just want to go here. or just want to go there to have those dreams. And outside the fact that he likes uh, Detroit, I can't wait to meet him. (laughs) Okay. Thanks guys for listening. (laughs) Oh, he's going to kill me. Backstage Travel Podcast is hosted by Susan Green and Coulter Fleming. Editing, producing, and managing by Mackenzie Green. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Visit our Facebook page and send us your travel stories at info at backstagetravelpodcast.com. Susan and her team at Susan's Travel Services have a passion for what they do and want to get you to your dream destination. They're so dedicated to giving you the experience of a lifetime that they'll help you at no cost. To learn more, find them online at Susan's Travel services.com.